0: bernie
1: live welcome to Bobberty live on this friday afternoon a beautiful spectacular friday afternoon finally yeah this is going to be a wonderful weekend well at least today and tomorrow eh, sunday we may have a little rain that's fine we can always use a little bit of rain Anyway, it is a beautiful day, and it is a beautiful day to talk. And that's why I've got phone lines waiting for you at 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Whether you agree or disagree with me, I would love to hear from you. Uh, If you were listening yesterday, I got an email I don't think I got it yesterday, I think I got it the day before, from a listener who disagrees with almost everything I say, and he wanted to encourage me to just quit, get off the air, and I uh, responded back, thank you for the response, Uh, we may not agree, but I'm glad you're there, why don't you give me a call, why don't we talk, and I mean that. 877-BOB-LIVE. Um, if there's something that you think we have not discussed enough, call me. Uh, if you've got something you want to get off your chest, call me. Uh, that's what Fridays are all about. Open phones. 877-BOB-LIVE. 877 262 Eighty-three. Good news out of Montana. Republican Governor Greg Gianforte has signed a set of five pro-life bills, and he has more coming to his desk in the next couple of weeks, um, uh, making a statement that Montana is clearly a pro-life state. Quote, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte has signed a set of five pro-life bills to protect babies from abortions. The Montana governor signed the bills into law and celebrated five additional pro-life measures that are on the way to his desk. That would be 10 initiatives and bills that he has either signed or will be signing uh, very soon. Among the newly passed legislation are measures to strengthen Montana's law to prevent taxpayer-funded abortions. Uh, Another law that will require abortion providers to report women harmed by the abortion pill. A bill to protect the lives of abortion survivors. Uh, That's when a baby is intended to be aborted and the baby survives the abortion and actually is born alive, that child, of course, would receive the same kind of medical help from a baby that was intended to be born. The baby doesn't have a choice. In either case, whether the baby was wanted or unwanted, the baby is alive. And of course... Both of those babies should receive the same care. Yeah, but the majority of Democrats disagree. Uh, Another bill to create an adoption tax credit. Uh, Gianforte called the suite of measures, quote, pro-family, pro-child, pro-life, that will make a lasting difference in Montana. Good for him. Good for the legislators of the state of Montana. Good for them. That is really good news. But then we turn to Michigan, the state just north. The uh, Michigan legislature has passed a bill that will ultimately force Christians to fund abortions. According to the new legislation signed into law by Governor Gretchen Gretchen uh, Whitmer, Uh, Senate Bill 147 will require all employers in the state to include abortion coverage in their health care regardless of any personal religious convictions. Doesn't make any difference. If you employ anyone in the state of Michigan, you will be required by Michigan law to provide abortion health coverage, insurance coverage. And again, regardless of your religious convictions, I assume that law will be taken to court, and I am hoping, I'm assuming, it will be overturned. That is clearly unconstitutional. So good news in Montana, bad news in Michigan, and good news is phone lines are beginning to fill up, and we have the privilege of talking to Jack down in Logan, Ohio. Jack! Jack! You're on Boberity Live thanks for calling and welcome
2: thank you pastor Bob certainly i almost agree agree with about eighty five to ninety percent of the things you say anyway yeah and i uh I'm thankful for your show well thank just you I tell you and your staff that I'm very grateful for this show being on five days a week
1: well thank you very much I appreciate that's it that's very encouraging
2: the, lots of things I've learned and uh you know, if it wasn't for your show, there wouldn't be much uh, news that we uh, we would retrieve because <laughs> of the uh, Trump's fake news. Yeah, and, yeah. So I'm grateful for that. Well, Jack, I really am. No,
1: I'm serious. That means a lot, and that's very, very encouraging to me. Thanks so much and, to
2: the and, staff, if you folks are listening. Well, Thank you so much. I, um,
1: I think they are, and if they're not, I will pass it along to them.
2: I appreciate that. I'm not on the... I'm not on the World Wide Web, so uh, I couldn't send you a message, but I can tell you vocally.
1: Well, th- that that means just as much. That okay. means just as much.
2: Uh, April 29th, uh, we had a front-page story here in the Logan paper. Yeah? And the headline reads, it takes up half the front page, School District Asked, asked to Balance Bible Classes with atheist teaching, mm. and right. the article goes on and on and on, and uh, near the end, uh, it uh, it talks about Lifewise Academy out of Hilliard, Ohio, providing ethical and moral instruction based on Bible stories to public school students. There were no uh, comments from. They didn't ask any uh, ministers what they thought. They did not talk to the school board. They did not talk to the superintendent or principals. It's a one-sided story from um, uh, the American secularists out of Dayton. Hmm. And uh, what they stated was, we're fighting for a public education system that is free of dogma and that is free of superstitious beliefs, hogwash. <laughs> That's <what I> say. <laughs> and they uh, one paragraph states, "We uh, want to send a message to the school district that we contain, we contain a warning that uh, this organization is willing to litigate to the fullest extent to achieve our purpose. <laughs> we have to do no more and no less." Now, to me, that sounds like a threat rather than asking, but the headline says they asked to balance Bible classes.
1: Well, that's pretty typical of the left, Jack.
2: Why have the newspapers gone so, I mean, even local newspapers, it's frustrating, Bob.
1: It is. It, it is. And I, I don't know, I have no clue, honestly, but there are very few locally owned Newspapers any longer. Most of them are owned by bigger companies. I don't know about Logan. Uh, But I know that um, we, you know, here we used to have the uh, Westerville Public Opinion. Well, that's been gone a long time ago. Uh, That was locally owned, locally operated, and uh, very balanced. But that was years ago. And then they went to this uh, Westerville, whatever it was. And now that is gone. Uh, You know, the Columbus Dispatch was bought out by a big multinational company. Um, So local news is rare, and even if there is local news, it usually has slanted to the left like most of the rest of the media. So actual unbiased, balanced reporting is very rare, whether it's in print or radio or TV. Very, very rare.
2: Well, I would just ask your listeners pray for the Hocking, uh, Logan Hawking School District. That we can stand up to these people, and any yeah. other assault that might be might come up on the district.
1: Well, you brought up release time and Lifewise Academy. That's interesting because I'm going to be discussing that at the top of the hour. How about that? So uh, keep listening. Because this Lifewise Academy movement is something wonderful, but the left hates it.
2: Yeah. And, well, uh, you were talking about how education got started under Carter.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Department and, uh, of Education. Uh-huh. Uh
2: huh. If you go back to John F. Kennedy, he's the one that signed an executive order that allowed for the uh, federal workers to unionize. Mm hmm. And uh, because he had, if you recall, he was after the Teamsters Union. And forced uh, steel workers to uh, go back to work on a on a strike. So he'd made a lot of enemies his first term. Yeah. So that was his way of appeasing the unions. Yeah. But if you recall, his his uh, kind of I didn't want to change the subject, but his attorney general was Bobby Kennedy. He argued for the uh, prayer in schools, and evidently he didn't didn't do a very good job. Or he was biased the other way yeah. in order to uh, create more. Yeah.
1: And, Jack, school. Jack, with that, i got to take a break. But thank okay. you so much for calling, and thank welcome, you for Bob. the encouragement.
2: Thank you so much for being on the air.
1: Well, God bless you. All right, we're going to take a break. It is Open Phone Friday, 877-BOB-LIVE. We'll be back.
0: Bernie Bernie Live, Live. looking at today's news through a biblical worldview.
1: Well, it's Coronation Day tomorrow in Great Britain. Uh, You're going to have to get up pretty early if you want to watch it because they are, what, six, seven hours ahead of us, I guess. And it's fascinating, much of the American press is uh, trying their best to uh, put down any kind of enthusiasm. I've seen poll after poll after poll, Americans don't care about the British monarchy. And not only that, I saw a poll yesterday, Britons don't care about the monarchy. Yeah, you watch. The uh, streets will be lined with people. Um, and it's fascinating. It, it is. It is fascinating. Uh, I use the a sermon, uh, and I haven't preached it for a long, long time, but I use the illustration of Queen Elizabeth when she was crowned queen, and it would apply to what happens tomorrow as well. Now, there was—granted, there was more pomp and ceremony when Queen Elizabeth was crowned, what, 70 years ago, I think it was? Um, Anyway, a long, long time ago. And it was one of the first uh, television programs broadcast internationally. It was huge international news. Millions of people watched on TV— Uh, millions of people watched in Great Britain. The streets were lined. Uh, Westminster Abbey was jammed standing room only. And uh, an extremely, extremely elaborate ceremony, more elaborate than the one that will take place. Now, tomorrow is going to be very elaborate, but not nearly as elaborate as when Queen Elizabeth, because the monarchy is not what it was back then. But anyway... The point that I try to make is that there is all this pomp and ceremony, and uh and you know finally, in comes Queen Elizabeth, and she was very young at the time, and she marches in, and people everywhere you know are watching, and they got the people holding her train behind her, and she comes in and sits in the 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 throne that is hundreds of years old. And uh, I think for her, it was the Archbishop of Canterbury puts the crowd on her head and proclaims her to be queen, and spontaneously, when she was crowned, thousands and thousands of people began chanting, God save the queen, God save the queen, people inside the church, people outside the church, God save the queen, God save the queen. In, she really never made any real decisions after that because Britain is a constitutional monarchy, which means the queen and now the king has almost no authority whatsoever. A great deal of pomp and ceremony, and they bow before her, and they will bow before him, and the streets will be lined with people, and God save—it was God save the queen, now it'll be God save the king, God save the king. And he doesn't have any authority. Parliament has the authority. The prime minister, the House of Lords, the House of Commons, the uh, parliament has all of the, the king doesn't have any authority. He's a figurehead. And the point I make in the sermon, that's what a lot of people do with Jesus. On Sunday, they sing and praise and raise their hands and talk about how wonderful he is, but they don't give him any authority. No, they make all their own decisions.